together growing in faith, changing communities. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the grace and peace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you always. My dear friends, today I would like us to reflect on the letter, the book of Prophet Joel, chapter 2, verses 12 to 18. Even now, says the Lord, return to me with all of your heart, with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning, and rend your hearts, not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in mercy, and repents of evil. Who knows whether he will not turn and repent and leave a blessing behind him, a cereal offering and a drink offering for the Lord your God. Blow the trumpet in Zion, sanctify a fast, call a solemn assembly, gather the people, sanctify the congregation, assemble the elders, gather the children, even nursing infants. Let the bridegroom leave his room and the bride her chamber. Between the vestibule and the altar, let the priest, the ministers of the word, weep and say, Spare your people, O God, and make not your heritage a reproach, a byword among the nations. Why should they say among the peoples, where is their God? Then the Lord became jealous for his land and in pity on his people. It's a beautiful reading. I love this concept. Even now, you can still come back to God. I like that phrase, even now. It brings with it a sense of hope. That it's not late. It's never too late. It's never too late to come back to God. And so it is an invitation to come to God. It is an invitation to return to God. Because it is in coming back to God that we find our true selves. I'm, I'm reminded of a beautiful story of a prodigal son. In the Gospel of Luke chapter 15, when the young man had left home, and if you analyze that text when he leaves, he is so, so full of himself. The arrogance, give that which belongs to me. And he demands, and the father gives him. And one can presume that the father is sad, upset. We definitely know that the brother is upset because he doesn't welcome him back. And possibly rightfully so. In his mind, he's justified. But as the young son left, something happened. Well, we know that he lost everything, 
We know that he was hungry. But we also know in chapter 15, verse 17, he came to his senses. There he made a decision. I'll go back to my father. And I'll tell him that, Dad, I have messed up. And that's where the turning point is for me. And that's where I think Joel is picking it up from. Even now, you can come back to God. It's, it's never too late. And, and this becomes important for me because there are people who always say, well, I think I'm a little bit too late. Never with God. Every time is perfect time for God. And so he waits for us. He invites us. And how much more as we begin our Lenten season. That's what our Lenten season is all about. Coming back to God. Coming back to our true selves. Then there's another point that speaks to me. Come with all of your heart, all of your mind, all of your being. There shouldn't be certain things that I say, I cannot talk to God about this. There shouldn't be certain things where I feel uncomfortable to bring into the presence of God. But rather I must be able to talk to God about anything and everything. And say to him, this is who I am. This is where I've been. This is what life has been for me in the last couple of weeks, months, and for some of us, last couple of years. And I love the openness that God is willing to, to listen. That's why he's inviting us to come as we are and to bring everything to him. And I have this beautiful image of a God who, who just embraces us and who holds us in, in his arms and who says, welcome home. And who says, I love you. And then he, he moves on and he says, our God is gracious. He's merciful, slow to anger, abounding in mercy. What more can I ask for? What more can I pray for? He's merciful. He's gracious. Slow to anger. What am I dealing with? What are you dealing with? What are you struggling with in your own life that needs the hand of God? That needs that miracle, that mercy, that compassion, that assurance that you are loved. Then the author continues and he, he calls us to come out from where we are. Both men and women, priests, come up. And as we come out, we approach and there are certain things that we need to let go of. There's a new way of life that I need to engage on, embark on. So what is it that you need to let go of in order for you to be a better person? What is it that I need to let go of in order for me to be a better person and to be healed? To be saved? What is it that I need to leave behind? 
What is it that I need to throw away? And what is the Lord inviting me to become? Spare your people, O Lord, he prays. Make your heritage a reproach by word among the nations. Let not people say, where is your God? But let them come to know God because of how we have lived our lives. Let them come to believe in God because of our commitment to God. That's the most beautiful thing that the author invites us to look into. That part of our Christian journey, part of our longing for God is to lead others to a relationship with God. And we have that responsibility. St. Francis says, preach at all times, but only when necessary, use words. So I'm called to preach by my kindness, by my generosity, by my understanding, by my compassion. Let those who come into contact with me have a glimpse of who God is. Let them try and realize that the God I serve is the God they can believe in. That's what makes the whole difference. Then there's something that he says uh, towards the end. The Lord God is jealous. And yet, he has pity for his people. And there's something beautiful in that. He wants us for himself. Because he wants to see us grow. He wants us to become the best we can ever be. He wants us to realize we are loved. And we are saved. May the Virgin Mother of God continue to be with us to protect, to bless, and guide the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.